Hey listeners, welcome back to Get Inspired and Innovate today. Today we want to talk about how do we motivate our students to engage in technology to enhance their futures. All right, so Stephanie, we all know that students have got their nose and their phones or computers and everything else all the time, uh, but that's not really what we're talking about here. They, they use technology, but are they truly engaging in the technology so that it prepares them for jobs in the future to better prepare themselves for uh, secondary education or post-secondary learning, things like that. So how are we making sure that we're motivating students the proper way so that they are ready to go into the workforce, go into secondary school or go into a trade later on? Yeah, so I was kind of thinking about this today. Um, Hans, he is on Twitter and he is another Google innovator and he posted on Twitter, what is like your biggest barrier when it comes to student motivation? And what is the biggest positive thing with like student motivation or engagement? I think it was what the topic was. Um, and it got me thinking back to when we were talking with Josh, our uh, technology addictions. <laughs> and um, I was really going back to thinking, okay, like my biggest competition is technology with these kids. They are used to seeing video games with very high graphics um they're used to all of these things and here i am with like here's a cute google slide you know but it's not jumping out at you or doing anything crazy um and so i really started to think after that episode of like how am i engaging students and how am i motivating them and i think what we kind of learned from josh is that creation getting kids to create having them take over the ownership um is just something that we're gonna have to start doing if we're not already doing that um which i know it takes more time than that quick recall or you doing a lesson over it but really we need to teach them how to start to create and that that solves the job issue it solves um some of that motivation when they're just sitting there and trying to learn um but again i was going back to like the competition of the world around us of that like constant technology or Disney World. Like I can't compete with Disney World. Um, but uh, sometimes, you know, I think kids like expect us to because that's the, that's their world. Lance. Yeah. So so first off, uh, Stephanie, I'm a little older than you, but uh, and maybe been at this a little longer than you have. But, uh, you know, I feel like everybody thought that one to one was going to be the silver bullet. Uh, that was going to, oh my gosh, we can get kids on computers. They like technology. They're going to engage with this. They're going to learn. Uh, and, and I think part of what we've learned from this is kids don't know technology. And, and they, you know, they use the technology they have uh, to get in trouble and to do things that they shouldn't be doing. Uh, it's, it's kind of the things that we're finding out. So I, I think that there has to be some reteaching, some retooling, uh, some shifts in mindsets and things like that. Uh, so it really all goes back to number one, engagement. You have to engage the students in learning before they're going to learn. Okay. And a lot of what you just said is exactly right. You know, and that's what I try when I'm talking to teachers, I, I try to tell them, all right, You've already, through your SAID assessments, through your college degrees, all that, you've shown, you've got your degrees, okay? Your job is now to deliver that information, but they should deliver back to you now and prove that they've learned this. And, you know, by creating things, making things, that's the way that, that should happen. Uh, but also, I, I think that we've also got to look at the digital citizenship side of it. We have got to train students on 
what's okay to do, what's not okay to do. We're here to learn now. Uh, but then last, we've also got to bring in what I consider the third piece, relevance. Why are we learning what we're learning? Okay. And I had a guy the other day, he, he was making fun of me. He said, you know, I had my math teacher tell me, you know, I won't have that calculator everywhere that I go in the world that I need to learn this. And I need to learn that. And then he just holds his phone up to me and says, I've got it everywhere I go. And he's right. So we've got to retrain kind of our teachers so that one, they engage the students Two, they let students work and they don't kill their self. You know, a lot of the teachers I work with that are struggling are doing 80% of the work and the kids are doing 20 when it should be the other way around. The teacher do 20, the students do 80. Okay. But the third thing is we have to show relevance. We've got to show the students, this is why you need to know how to use this technology so that it's going to better you for the future. Why have I got to learn these Google Sheets? Why have I got to learn how to add things up and, you know, how to make a budget on this, do things like that. Uh, of course, you know, kids think that flying, like flying drones is cool. And I agree with them. But what's the relevance behind it? We're not doing it just to fly drones. Well, you know, maybe you want to be a land surveyor one day. Maybe you want to work for Google Maps one day and you want to plot out roads and do all those things. We have to show the relevance behind what we're doing uh, so that kids will engage in that learning. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And it's hard it, because you are scared, um, but you've got to put in some procedures. You've got to put in maybe some executive functioning skills to help them with those projects. Yeah. And I think part of it, too, is teachers are just scared because they don't know themselves. You yeah. know, um, you know, maybe, you know, I'm not a spread. I'm not great with spreadsheets. And it it did. You know, I'm afraid to turn kids loose on the spreadsheets because they may end up knowing more about it than I know. Uh, that's some of the teacher mindsets that I've got. But is that not OK? You know, we've got Google. They can go out there and Google a formula if they need to. And man, wouldn't it be cool if they could figure out how to use VLOOKUP and queries to do all these cool things? Does it matter that I really don't know how to do that? I don't think it does. Uh, but again, we've got to show them the relevance to, to engage them in the learning. Uh, because if you're just teaching them stuff and they don't know why they're learning it, then, you know, it, they may learn it for the test and then forget it the next day. So I, I'm interested to see what our friend from uh, Uganda has to, has to say about this. So, so Dale, welcome to the show today. Uh, Dale does all kinds of cool things for, for nonprofits and, uh, you know, really teaching people how to use data for communications and get people in marketing, and, and, but really engaging the younger community there in Uganda, trying to get them engaged. And so, Dale, over, how, what, what are you saying over in Uganda about these things? Yeah, um, I think, thank you so much for having me today as well. I would say for me, it's, it's very interesting actually hearing you guys talking about you know, teaching as well. Like for me, I think when I look at technology, I, I look at I look at the process that has gone over time. I see I see tools that are basically the same, but just more sophisticated. Um, in Uganda, I'll say the the digital divide is real. Like we have a very very good group of people who are very much connected, very much having the access. Like Stephen has mentioned, right? Like the, 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 they've seen video games like with high tech and high graphics, while there are those that have not seen a single drop of a digital tool anywhere, apart from like maybe a small, you know, talk phone here and there. So there's really a big divide and trust. That's that's something that I'm, I'm really trying to really get between schools. Some schools are really good. They have smart boards. They have 3D cameras, 360 cameras. They, they they have it all. While other schools literally have nothing, like not even a single like smartphone even in the, in the whole school. So for me, that's that's one of the things that I'm trying to fight. Of. 
bridging that divide of like getting students on almost on the same plane. When you, you, you mentioned um, teachers also struggling with, with the technology, it's the same thing here. Most of the teachers actually are still young in Uganda. Most of the teachers we have are in there, you know, 20s, 30s a bit. But still, I've also not been, I've not had the opportunity to, to interact with most of this technology. We, we have a lot of people in Uganda who even having a Gmail account is, is still basic. Like it's still something that they don't really have. And those that actually have it don't see the power. Uh, most people think the Gmail is only, or, or the G Suite is only Gmail, right? Like send an email here and there, but then Google Sheets, Google Docs is still really fresh within the teachers. Google Forms as well, just getting feedback within the teachers themselves, like just really coordinating as a school is still still lacking and, and something that we are trying to really bring on board. Google Classroom, um, the, still it's, it's a big struggle, but one of the things that, I, that I've always wanted to, to really measure to people and, and give them, you know, a word of encouragement is we were all students at one time, right? I, I myself was a student. I was a very annoying student actually in class. And I used to really want to learn technology. I really wanted to learn computers. I remember the first time I, I learned how to make a website uh, using XT, uh, HTML at the time. And I made, I think, something called Marquee. It was right. And I was so excited. Um, but the access to the equipment was, you know, was always difficult. You had to like almost sneak into computer labs. It was really something that they made very difficult for us to access. And yet I was actually in a very good school. I would say, yeah, at the time, this is early 2000. So we, we were definitely privileged. So my mission right now is how can I really make that, that, that access more equitable, but how can I get more people, you know, using digital tools through mapping, right? One of the things that I've always learned, and if you, you've talked about this is how do we get students to get engaged? And I always look back of myself. I always try to make things personal to myself. Like how did I want teachers to teach me when I was in school? And one of the things is like you mentioned is relevance. Tell me what this means to me, right? Why, why, am, why are you telling me to do all this, the Google issues? Why are you telling me to learn how to build a website? Or why are you telling me that, that I need to learn all these digital tools? And one of the ways is to tell them, you know what? Come on and show you. Uh, come on and show you what people are actually doing and what actually earning money doing. So we tell them mapping, right? People do map for a living. We have surveyors, we have GIS people, you know, using Google Maps, you know, all these different tools of mapping. And we actually map with them. You see, you know what? Let's, let's do the hard work. You know, it's a, we bring in even parents who are actually working with some of these organizations and tell them, yeah, this, he's a GIS analyst. He's, he's a data analyst and he's working in this area because he needs this. And, and someone actually sees their future, right? As opposed to, oh, this is an assignment that I'm going to get like 90% or no 60% on. So, um, so it's really giving them the, the, the relevance. So we are working with, you know, with nonprofit organizations and, and companies that need open data that students can actually collect and actually work on and say, you know what? This is what it means to actually say that you're working on tech, you get involved with these companies and, and kids really love that. They, they, they love stepping out of just, it's just a test. It's just an exam to actually going, going out in the real world. I, I was, I, when I was, you know, when I was younger myself, I would always really be the person of like, who's actually going to use this information? I'm like, yeah, the, the government officials over there are going to plan for your actual village that you're staying in with the information you've collected. No pressure, right? So the, the kid, the child gets to know that this information that definitely is, is much more vital. And you'll be shocked how much you know, they, they're very much engaged. They want really be involved, want to be credited with this information. So it's what we're doing. Um, and, and for me, it's, it's something that I feel like we should do more of getting them out of the classroom. It's almost like teaching kids learning by doing, by actually failing and getting one video of like, oh, you know, you collected wrong information. So you know you're your your leaders or someone in an organization is you know is going to struggle with the information you collected and they feel like the repercussions of life not everything has to be 
sometimes scripted or tested. So that's what where we, we, we are trying to show them of, you know, flying drones is not just for fun, but you have to collect, you know, ready footage for someone watching wants to make a movie or wants to, you know, to make an analysis of, of, of vegetation, you know, degradation. Obviously, you don't measure vegetation degradation in that sense, but you put, you know, a kind of reward as well as consequences to, to failure as opposed to just saying, you know what, you got it 40%. That's okay, go home and laugh. So it's it's more putting them almost in the real world, but still in class. I someone mentioned to me is like they actually get to learn consequences are real as opposed to it's classroom. So yeah, it's something that, that for me I do the the initiative we call I call it the African Digital Access Initiative because for me I see it as give the child to learn as they do, do it, learn, fail like we always do at work, right? Like I'm sure even as as a, an education, as a trainer, for me, I've, I've, I've always gone on to present and my projector fails. It's, it's almost like cliche right now. So I always talk is, yeah, this happens a lot. I do fail and failing is okay. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. Yeah. Dale, don't you make it feel, don't, doesn't that make it feel like, I mean, I always felt like in school, if I failed, uh, I, I was a failure, you know, and there's a difference in failing and being a failure. Uh, so don't you feel like by doing projects and things like that, it shows the kids, as you said, you know, in, in life, we, we fail, you know, at our jobs, we fail, we screw up, we have things that go wrong and that's okay. What we have to do then is scrape up the mess we made and figure out how to make it better. Yeah. Yeah, de definitely. Actually, I, like you mentioned, even I, myself, I, I, I always talk about no one is a failure. I always say failing is part of life. Like if no one has ever failed, actually, when I, when I do interviews for my different organization, if you ask someone, have you ever failed at something and says, no, I've never failed at something. That's for me a very big red flag. Everyone has failed at something, even whether it's cooking, you know, whether it's, exactly. you know, it's striving, right? So yeah, so for me, I always feel like we need to tell kids that you can, it's okay to fail. The, what's not okay is not, you know, you're not getting up and, and trying again. So. Yeah, and I've always said that if you're not failing at things in, uh, in life, then, then your goals aren't high enough. You know, you're, you're reaching for things that are the fruits too low. You need to be reaching for things that are higher. Uh, and if you, if you fail at those things, when you're reaching higher, you're probably going to even come out with a better product than if you just stayed in your little safe space. Yeah. But I mean, when I was in school, I was afraid to take those risks um, because kind of like what you were mentioning, like it wasn't okay to fail. Um, everything had to be a hundred percent or whatever. And so it was scary to, try something innovative. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, also one thing is as well, the world itself, the society, not only looking at students, but the society itself what, that we're living in is becoming so much of a perfectionist, right? Like everyone, only a lot of times nowadays glorifies the poor have made it, but always try to ridicule the poor trying, you know, or feel that something they want to you know, close them off. And I think, what, something that we will fail in our organization, the nonprofit I work for as a humanitarian open strip up team, is we've done what we call a fail fest, right? Like everyone talks about the big blunders they've done, and we learn from them, right? And we, we, we try it out. One of the things I remember when I was trying out one of the projects we had in, in the refugee settlements here in Uganda, everyone told me, no, just, just go for the what they call the low hanging fruit, and NGOs like using that word, right? The low hanging the low-hanging fruit, which is the easier way to go, right? Like the easier thing to do. But I was like, no, let's go, for, let's go for the hard part where everyone's like, oh, but no, you may fail, you may think they don't work out. 
we did struggle. I would say that yes, we, we were training, you know, refugees on how to, to just use digital tools, just using Gmail, doing open mapping and data collection. We did struggle. I would I would say that, but the reward was massive. We failed the first time because you know there was a bit of priority and there, but then the second time we went through, we I saw a person who had never used the computer and now is training people now to how to use mapping and how to do GIS. It's the person who dropped out in like just before college in school. But because we, we gave him that opportunity right now, he's, he's training people who actually have degrees and some actually have master's degrees, but he's teaching them how to you know, do GIS work. And I'm like, wow, that for me really puts, you know, the pain to people where it says that he was definitely harder to teach, right? He was harder to teach, but my oh my, like when he, he did break through, you, you really see the passion, you really see a difference. So that's for me, sometimes when you tell people failing is okay, not, not everything has to be the easy road. And sometimes, yeah, you, you come out stronger as well. Yeah, for sure. All right, we're going to go on to our next segment. So, Dea, what meme or quote did you bring this week? Yeah, um, for me, the quote I think that I mentioned in, in the document was was really about, you know, power, right? With 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 great power comes with great responsibilities. Sometimes it's a meme. It's definitely out there. All Spider-Man fans know it, and something I've grown up with. And for me, it's always about the privilege that you have, right? Try to pass that along, right? Try to get that opportunity and create the same opportunity that someone gave you or someone you know, provided you to give it to others spread almost like saying spread the word right like and you the person that actually has got you know, the privilege really has that responsibility or to 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 really use that power wisely right like um i have been privileged enough to 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 be in the positions that i'm in right now and for me one of the things that i've always wanted to do is not allow people to go through some of the bad stuff that i went through i I always give the story of when I was, you know, in my university and I was looking for internship. I went to a construction company, one of the big senior managers. And I was just looking for internship, just simple internship. And you know, I walked in there, gave him the big story of how I'm, you know, motivated, I'm driven, and all this kind of stuff. And he literally threw me out of his office. Right? He, he blasted me. He's like, you know, get out of my office. You no, know, it was it definitely was. It was so rude. It was definitely rude. And that really stuck with me. That really stuck with me and said, you know what? I would never want to have that. A student go through that it was just internship and i said you know what let me when i do get a chance to put up an organization i will as much as possible give an opportunity of internship to as many students as i can and have those doors open wide open that's what i'm doing right now with open super Uganda. we're having lots of internships for whatever size or whatever caliber person comes through as long as they're passionate about mapping and collecting data and using you know digital tools we will bring that on board so for me that's where the power as well as responsibility comes through when you get that opportunity, please, you know, use it wisely. So yeah, that's my that's my meme, that's my quote, which is definitely old school, but definitely out there. Yeah, for sure. And mine this week is um, self-care is how you take back your power. Um, and this quote kind of comes from Monday. Monday I had a really bad headache and I went back and little Jan, uh, Dan Jackson's voice came in my head who has written a book about self-care and making sure teachers aren't working overtime. And he said, all right, Stephanie, you're not feeling well and you're trying to get this task done. You need to stop, save it for tomorrow. And then I was able to get a bunch done because I was taking care of myself. So I think that's how we get some of our power back as well. Lance? Yep, so the one I've got here is, uh, I lift my eyes to the hills from where, where does my help come? My help comes uh, from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So uh, we, we've, had, we've had a couple of situations going on lately in my my family and my work has been a little overbearing lately, a lot of things going on. And uh, I just have to remember that, 
you know, sometimes when I've got my head down and I'm plowing through everything, sometimes I just need to look up and, and realize where my help's coming from. There you go. All right. Uh, Dale, what's something that you've learned this past week that you can share with others? Sure. Um, one of the things that I've actually learned this, this past week, um, that's a tricky one, but I've actually learned a lot of things. But what I would say for me is that the digital divide is real. I have experienced it far and wide. I've traveled in multiple countries, you know, this, this past couple of six months. And I, I definitely believe that we need to do more with our digital divide uh, and, and, and really make an effort to, you know, equate that. Um, but yeah, but I've also learned actually also how to use, um, you know, in Google, she's actually learned how to use the repeat uh, tool. Uh, I don't know, I can show that, but it was, it was a nice thing. Actually, I, I learned it when I was on actually TikTok as well. But yeah, it's, it's a nice way of doing more analysis and, and data cleaning as well. So yeah. Yeah, really cool. Um, so my share this week is an error analysis, just getting students. Again, we're trying to give them that ownership. And I know for me, when I taught, I'd be like, here's the right answer. Okay, we're moving on to the next lesson or next unit where this error analysis makes the kids go through and look at their work, make corrections, see their errors, and start to take that responsibility over. Lance? Yep. So mine for this week is the Chrome extension extensity. Um, I, I've had a lot of trouble with teachers uh, having way too many extensions and things open and uh, really just uh, making their Chrome really slow because they're trying to do all kinds of things. Extensity is something that allows you to turn on and off the extensions you want really quickly. Uh, and I realize you can do that uh, through the Chrome browser, but this makes it easier. You can also set up groups though. So if there's uh, a certain set of extensions that I'm gonna need, and I know that I want that as a group, I can set that as a group and just click on it and it loads those extensions for me and closes all the others for me. So extensity is something I've used for years now, really love it. That's crazy how extensions can really do that to your computer. <laughs> we had to turn them off for our students because they kept just adding stuff and it was not a good thing. All right, Dale, how can our listeners connect with you? Yes, uh, you can definitely find me on all social media platforms. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn. I very much probably work on LinkedIn as well, but I am on all social media platforms as well as TikTok actually. Um, yeah, so definitely hit me up with a message. I always do respond and always do reply. Let's talk mapping, let's talk digital tools, let's talk about digital learning and, and skill sets as well for the students as well as the youth. So yeah, I'm on the platforms. Perfect. All right, listeners, thank you so much for listening to Get Inspired and Innovate. The show notes will be on our website at getinspiredandinnovate.com and we'll tune in next week.